0: want to learn how to become a millionaire? Are you committed to having financial freedom? To learn the secrets to building and managing a million dollar business whatever it takes? Because today the opportunities are greater than ever to achieve your goals. Welcome to How to Be a Millionaire. In this show, we are on a mission to educate and empower a thousand new millionaires over the next 10 years through our nonprofit foundation at millionairstraining.org and through our fast track implementation programs at millionairesacademy.com. I'm your host, Sydney O'Sullivan. Some call me The Millionaire's Mentor because I've been building million dollar businesses for over 20 years. And in this show, I interview other millionaires in my network and get them sharing their best advice to create your big vision, discover your life purpose and legacy, build your dream team, develop a millionaire mindset, scale your business, invest for success, and manage and share your wealth and prosperity over the long-term. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, it's Sydney O'Sullivan, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Rohan Sheff. He is the CEO and co-founder of GrowRev. Welcome, Rohan.
1: Thanks, Sydney. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much for giving me your time, because I know how busy you are. Since the pandemic, your business is booming, right?
1: Uh, It's been, it's been an interesting last, what are we coming up on 11 months or 10 months now?
0: And Rohan at at Grow Rev, he has a business, well, actually you started your first business in high school, like I did, and uh, you realized that you were a natural entrepreneur and he's gone on to uh, manage some of the biggest celebrity brands. He does their digital advertising online, builds their sales funnels. Tell us about your business. What's the full scale of what you do? Because you're going fully international now, right?
1: Yeah, we're a fully international digital pay traffic agency. So kind of just to kind of double tap on what you said there, started my very first business at the age of 15 in high school, Um, realized entrepreneurship was just kind of something I had like as a bone in my body, almost Um, went to school to be a pilot dropped out of that I was like, I can't be part of the traditional workforce. Um, Went and got really, really good at direct sales, I did door to door sales, and I did in home selling for some big, big companies. Um, And eventually got a direct response. And since I've been in direct response, what I've done is built out a, a digital paid traffic agency specializing in paid traffic and funnels. Uh, currently, we have been managed clients like Dean Graziosi, we have worked with ClickFunnels, John Gian out of Australia, so everything under the Knowledge Source brand there. Um, and just, just to, name, to name a few, um, closed out 2020 with managing just around $40 million in paid advertising um, and doing it right across the board. So for us, it's been a phenomenal run in this space.
0: So you've been uh, doing a lot with moving businesses online, I would imagine, over the last few months. Yeah. Tell us what's working today that uh, you think people should be embracing with their businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the movements that we've had to pivot specifically, you know, the term pivot in Q1 of 2020 was such a you know cliche word where it's like everybody just had to go from offline to online. Um, if we were to focus specifically in the space that kind of you've been worked in and built your brand around is more of the expert space. And a lot of the expert space, a lot of the people that were doing what they were doing previously that we were heavily involved in was physical events, um, running previews and kind of going down that whole typical route of, you know, filling an event, getting butts and seats, selling a, selling a front end offer to a mastermind, et cetera, depending on what the offer was now COVID happened. The pandemic happened. We could not do events anymore. Uh, fast forward to about, you know, May, June of last year, uh, we ended up figuring out the perfect way to run a preview event because we know how profitable they can be uh, in the offline space to transition to the online space. And that's kind of what we did throughout the entire process. Yes, we were still running the typical webinar funnels and the, you know, the VSL funnels that you still see. But at the end of the day, there's still got to be something that makes our clients stand out. And one of the big things that we did was going down the virtual events, not the ones that you're thinking of, but in a very different way.
0: When you say not the ones that we're thinking of, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, you know, a lot of the people that have run virtual events in 2020 have done like the multi-speaker big events that you've probably seen, the multi-stage kind of events where it's like you bring on 10, 15, 20 different speakers, you get an hour slot. The one, the way we've done it is you're, you're the main speaker. Um, typically, just you kind of come in, fill out an event, you run it on a Saturday or a Sunday, pick a day, uh, and then there's an entire process on the back end of it. So it's still a virtual event with very, very minimal um, what tech, to say the least, it's literally your laptop, Zoom, and your audience and it's like doing that has been so profitable for some of our clients that you know it takes away the scarcity of what some of these guys that are running these big events nothing wrong with them i love them i'm about to do one uh but just for people that are in the expert space looking to get started it's just keeping it simple and pivoting online
0: yeah there's been a big emergence in what we'll call virtual summits and i'm seeing i mean it's getting to saturation point for some of us who are on a lot of mailing lists right there's just so many summits that you can't get anything done if you wanted to watch them all and I'm kind of moving in my own uh watching what's been happening I really like what you guys are doing I'm moving away from the effectiveness of the summit model because there's just too much happening online for a lot of the audiences I think what I'm hearing from all my friends that are running summits is that they're Getting lots of registrations, but very low show-ups. Are you finding it's better when you do the the dedicated topic, one speaker, longer period?
1: Yeah, massively. Um and the big thing is, you know, when you when you go down the route of doing a one speaker events and you know the reason why they work really, really well, you got to understand is when everybody pivoted to the online world in the expert space specifically, and they started doing these multi-speaker staged virtual summits, um, they still work. There's an art to it. There's an art to the fulfillment of it. There's an art to the, uh, to making, getting people to show up on uh, and have, you know, your show up rate North of 20%. Uh, but when you do it just based on the one specific person, whether it's just you sitting that you want to be doing an event on like a Saturday is people are attracted to you. They know you, they like you, they trust you. The typical marketing that kind of comes into play but then they also build an affinity with you and then when they spend you know let's just call it four to five hours with you in an entire day if they may not buy right off the bat but then you can kind of still continue to provide value to them the chances of you converting on the back end is a lot higher versus having 10 or 20 different speakers pitching them something every hour on the hour now your end audience is a bit confused on whether to what to buy
0: Yes, I actually spent a good three or four months looking at different summits, watching how they rolled out, and looking at the monetization models on the back mm-hmm. end. And I thought that it was a lot harder with a, with a summit unless you get huge crowds yeah. to monetize. Did were you involved in some of these big ones where they're getting like the two, uh, whatever, ten to twenty thousand some uh, people to those?
1: Yeah, so we've we ran, um, we were we weren't behind the paid traffic for Tony Robbins' very first UPW that he did this year. I'm sure everybody's seen that it went viral on social media. Uh, But from the social media side, one of my software companies, we were behind that uh, and we did help uh, facilitate some of the fulfillment for that event on the marketing side for it, not on the paid traffic. Um, But some anything that Dean Graziosi has run this year, we've pretty much majority of his paid traffic we've managed to fill his events and he I think still uses tony's same setup that they built in my opinion it's an epic setup um but you know it kind of scares a lot of people away that want to get started into the summit world but we just took that simplified it and kind of brought it to the ever the masses
0: yeah that was very successful i have been hearing a lot of people talking about that now let's talk about what's working today and um i know you do a lot with facebook but do you also use google and youtube oh yeah uh, LinkedIn. What do you guys use? Uh, so, what do you find is working?
1: So currently, um, if I were off the top of my head, we're running obviously the Facebook app platform, everything on Google. So from search, we're doing a ton on search. Most people, like I was on a, you know, the new cliche right now is Clubhouse and everybody's jumping on their Clubhouse. I was on a room last night on Clubhouse and people were talking about it. And I go, this biggest mistake that most people aren't doing, even their simple brands, like whether it's you know the Millionaire Maker or whatever you want to call yourself, the Millionaire Mentor, is like just targeting your brand on search. For some reason, we're so focused on Facebook that we forget to put even if it's like a five hundred or a thousand dollar a month budget there, and you're having a competition take on. So we're doing a lot on search this this past year. YouTube has become our second biggest platform, um, and then we're been focused on a lot of networks like Outbrain and Taboola, so the native side of things. TikTok has become one as well. Now you know. It sounds cool and it makes it ADD. And I don't want it to, you know, your audience end up looking like, oh, we can be on all these networks. Trust me, you can, but don't get to a point where you're infatuated by it. And you want to get on there until you've actually mastered what I called one of the two major foundation um, networks. It's either Facebook and Instagram or YouTube. And obviously YouTube backing it with Google search.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me that uh, be, having both working works really well. Uh, uh, the Google, YouTube you know, great umbrella there and mm-hmm. using Google effectively. I I very rarely talk to people that are using Google and it's, so, it's such a big network. I think a lot of people are afraid of it because they think it's expensive.
1: Yeah, it's it's really not that expensive. To be completely honest with you, it comes down to you know what you uh, how you're how you're buying the media on there. Uh, there's different ways on the Google search side, obviously long tail keywords, etc. Um, but just simple brand awareness, like depending on what your brand is, go run ads on Google search. Forget about YouTube for a second and just go run um, Google AdWords on like search AdWords with your own brand, because I can guarantee you if you're making a splash in your market, your competitor or someone that offers a product that's close to yours is more than likely targeting your brand keywords. So when people are seeing your ads on other networks and doing a search on Google, and then they see their brand come up as a first search, you just lost that lead.
0: So what do you think is the future now? What, where should people be focusing their attention? And if if I can go back a little bit before we move into that, I have some clients that are in retail, as you probably do too. What's your advice to people that get caught out? They're not used to doing business online. What are you telling them to do right now if you get those kind of clients? Because you, you work with a lot of different, are you just working with experts or are you working with brick and mortar. We've got, yeah, too.
1: we've got everything. Majority of our business is experts. Um, it's just kind of it worked out to be that way just because like I said, I came from the direct response and direct sales background. So I knew exactly how to work with them. Uh, but we do a ton in the software space. We do a ton in the app space. And then we do a, a, quite a decent amount actually now because uh, of 2020 in the e-commerce space. And a lot of it's come from transitioning offline to online retail to Shopify or Amazon, et cetera. Um, the big thing when it comes to retail is take your products and go online. If you look at some of the biggest, um, the biggest brands that got shut down this year, Uh, Neiman Marcus being one of them. uh, They, you know, they took a, absolute bloodbath of a, cl- uh, of a clearing out for retail was because they weren't focused on the online world. And I think COVID was a benefactor to being able to have people forced to go online. Um, and even if it's just starting small, like there's um, there's brands that I've seen that were just boutique brands, put them up on Etsy, like craft boutique brands, put them up on Etsy and just the organic search for, or the organic traffic that Etsy brought them saved their business in 2020. So when it comes to retail, depending on what you're offering, figure out a way to pivot, quote unquote, and transition to online, whether you're using Shopify, whether you're using Amazon, whether you're using Etsy, these platforms are there. They're built for you. Spend some time on YouTube as a as an education platform, learn how to take your stuff online and do it because that will take your business. And I talking about the future, let's be real. E-commerce spending is going to own like it saw an absolute massive boom in 2020 and it's not slowing down anytime soon.
0: So you see the opportunities for people are moving their products online, definitely with a kind of an e-commerce platform, Mm -hmm. but also what do you think about the online education space?
1: The online education space is just growing Um, year over year, you know, the two big things. One of my one of my mentors early on said to me, there's two businesses, in my personal opinion, going forward, looking at where the market is that are potentially going to be recession proof. And one of them is going to be e-commerce and one of them is going to be online education, because when things are down and people are down, they want to learn to get better. Um, so when looking at the online education space is when you have the lowest of the lowest times in the market, let's just call it, um, people at that point in time, are what are they doing? They're at home. They're kind of down on themselves. They want to learn a new career. They want to learn a new habit. They want to, you know, get better with themselves on their personal development side. And when everybody else is pulling back on, on the online education, you should be doubling down and kind of scaling. And that's the reason why, you know, going, people freaked out from March to me, I know tons of online um education companies that could have literally had their biggest years because they freaked out and just shut everything down are now not even back online and the ones that doubled down from march to may of last year have quote unquote printed money
0: yes uh we were uh talking about john jian who's a mutual friend of ours and Mm -hmm he was mainly doing live events right Uh and uh transitioned to moving his live event model online Mm -hmm. and has been having a phenomenal year so um i've really been admiring the success he's having do you see that with some of your other event and uh, people that were event-based
1: Oh yeah. Um, We, speaking of John, John, when, when the shutdown happened, the original lockdown happened, we were in the midst of an event run with John um, and running his traffic. So it was like scramble midst of, I couldn't even imagine on their operations side, what they must've gone through and, you know, hats off to John for getting it just smoothened out and streamlined and transitioned to the online world because it's, it's done very, very well from, from what I understand. Um, A lot of our offline clients, every single one of them, we transitioned to online and the ones that have like literally went all in and transitioned to online. Now we're looking at it and going, why did I ever run an in-person event? Because, you know, the operations to run an online event, completely different. You don't have flights, you don't have hotels, you don't have food and all the other things that come with it. And it just saves you a lot of time.
0: So what's your at the moment for an an expert? I work with a lot of authors and speakers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are your favorite funnels right now that are working? And like you and I were talking before we started the interview about how I've overcomplicated. I have a tendency to overcomplicate. Yeah. If you were to give advice to somebody starting out with you, uh, who's going to be working with your agency, for instance, yeah. what would you recommend as the simplest path to cash?
1: Um, the simplest path to cash, I think, is if you're starting off. Like there's there's a point where I look at clients today that come to us for coaching, come to us for done for you, depending on what we're doing. Like if you've never done anything online, the number one thing that you need to focus on is just providing value. Like that's no matter what the only way you're going to outbeat anybody else that's spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars a year online is be the one that provides as much amount of value for free as possible. And it can, and can sustain it the longest. Now, if you've got a job, state your job and do this part-time. Like I usually like to say to some of my coaching students and continue to give that value. Now, once you start doing that, start building a community at the same time, whether it's pushing into a Facebook group or to a Slack group or whatever you want to use it, the simplest way to do it right now is a Facebook group and continue to pitch value. From there, start running smaller events, whether it's you know an hour, two hour webinars or events and start kind of giving value and then offering something at the back end of it. Start getting some ROI back for the time that's invested. Uh, The big thing that I know people that that come into this space are so infatuated with the idea and, you know, the short-term money of, oh, I just want to become an expert, teach a course and sell a course. But it's like, what did you do to prove yourself prior to that makes you actually stand out compared to someone that's been giving so much value for the last three to five years? But if you flip it on its head and you're the one that's been giving value three to five years from now, you'll be the one charging the most because people like you, trust you, and you have built a cult-like audience, which I think most people miss in today's expert space.
0: Hi, this is Sydney, and thanks for listening to the show today. If you'd like today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or review. We love all of your feedback. Share the show with your friends, and most importantly, come introduce yourself at our free online community at millionairestraining.org.